1: Hello and welcome to this second episode of Star Wars Universe podcast of March 8th. Today we are talking about The Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 2, with myself and Ashley Coffin. All that more after commercial break. We have no controller. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.
1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's
0: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Welcome back. This is Matthew, your host. I'm joined, as I said, quite regularly on this show by Ashley Coffin.
0: Ashley, how are we doing tonight? I am fantastic. I'm actually pretty pumped after this episode. It was really fun.
1: yeah this was this was an interesting episode we got a lot of great stuff going on in it uh and let's just kind of just jump right into it um so overall thoughts on the episode
0: Uh, i so i have a personal love affair with katie sackoff because i love battlestar galactica so the more of her i get the better and i i don't know so much about the history of it all i know that um you know, Boba Fett calling her princess and that she, you know, I watched uh-huh. a couple episodes, but I don't know the whole story. So it was really fun to like see her tell her story in the show. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I love. And honestly,
1: I think this season is tying so much into the animated shows. And for me, that is such a good reason why I think you're the perfect co-host for me, because I want that voice that represents the who have folks who haven't seen all that. Because like when I see Bo-Katan, it's like, I'm seeing the top of the iceberg. I know everything that's below it. And I always wonder, like, are other fans not going to love it as much? And I, yeah. I love that it's a big thing for you because – and, yeah, Katie Sackhoff, she's been the – voice. she was the voice actor for this character all along. We're talking about the – I love it. The actress who plays Bo-Katan.
0: She will always be Starbuck to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I. She definitely is. And I think the fact that this character is in a lot of ways very similar. Uh In The Clone Wars, she's playing someone who's – of class, like she's she's going against the ruling power of mandalore which is kind of part of the irony of all this she's part of a group called death watch which the children of the watcher definitely have some connections to so like it all ties together in some great ways i have to say there was so much of this episode that i loved i loved all the character development i loved all we got from pokatan and there's gonna be a lot of good things to talk about i just want to say this quickly i
0: just thought there were too many fight scenes Like
1: the fight scenes went on a little bit too long. You
0: know, that's what I love. I love fight scenes. Uh, And she is so much better at using the dark saber than he is. He should really just give that to her at this point. (laughs) It's funny. Like one of the fight
1: scenes I realized uh, the first time I watched it through when she and Grogu are going through and like the the big monster things they give a name to. I totally forget what it is. (laughs) But they attack. I was I rolled my eyes. I was like, not another fight scene. But then I realized that it it tells us a very important thing, which is that Din is supposed to be this great hunter, this great bounty hunter, and he is, but he got ambushed by those creatures and she didn't. She knew what to look for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 100% her home. She knows what to look for. And yes, seeing her both get to take the Darksaber, which to the real purists who say she has to win it in battle from Din, this probably doesn't count, but still- He's down. He's wounded. She takes it. That's got to count for something. I
0: was upset when he just put it back all notched a lot loosey goosey. I'm like, are we not going to have a conversation about that? No. Uh, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. It was definitely disappointing. But but I get it because she really still holds to that belief, and, and we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I'm glad that you love them. It just it just went a little on a little bit too much for me. This like the the kind of Russian doll droid <laughs> uh, uh, a robot mecha thing it was just I I just wasn't here for it but if other people loved it that's awesome and that's <laughs> I all I'm gonna say to
0: see a light sa- some lightsaber but wielding that's, that's fair you know, that's that's, that's fair. my favorite and I love the dark saber. I love that he still has a problem using yep. the dark saber, but you know and and that's what I was saying to Ken I was like it's confidence so you got to be confident in it I think mm-hmm. is that what it is why is this so hard to wield the dark saber? Well, I know we talked about this, but refresh me.
1: Well, I think, and and they talked about this somewhat in uh, Book of Boba Fett, but also a lot in the Clone Wars. Yeah, you do have to have that confidence. You do, and not, but it's not just confidence; it's a real sense of like, you know, because for the Jedi, they connect with the lightsaber through the Force, and and part of that is just because remember, like. You're swinging something that's basically weightless. Like it, it, it doesn't have that heavy metal blade that a sword normally would. So your mm. balance is just all kinds of off. But also that like in the force, not that the lightsaber is sentient in any real way, but that you are connecting with it. You're connecting with the energy in it as its separate thing and you're, okay. and you're building a bond. And there's a lot of stories about how Jedi, like they pick up someone else's lightsaber and it just feels wrong to them. And so I think that's the other part of it. But also, and, and so for Bo Katan and all the Mandalorians, like none of that's there because none of them have the Force. But I think she and the other part of, like you know, the the more regular Mandalorian, the one who grew up on Mandalore itself, this is a huge part of their history. They know this. They they she picks it up and she immediately knows like what this is. Yeah, Dan, he didn't grow up hearing stories of the Dark Saber, mm. and so I think it's he he doesn't know it. I think he. She believes that she has a claim to the throne. He doesn't have any sense of that. Right now, he thinks of himself as an apostate. He thinks himself not even worthy to call himself Mandalorian. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, I think there's all kinds of reasons why.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. All those damn Mandalorian laws. (laughs) Right? It's kind of ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Well, and one thing I really liked about this episode is, I think until now, and I've seen this a lot online... It's kind of being discussed as though like Bo-Katan and all her people, you know, they're like the normal Mandalorians and they've got kind of normal ideas. But Din and the the watch people and the people who follow the this is the way, they're the, they're the super out there ones who are religious fanatics. And to me, what this reminded me of, of is like Din and his group have their sense of religious law and you mm-hmm. cannot take the helmet off and you have to follow this version of the creed and all that. And but but Bo Katan and her people do have have the same kind of a thing, yeah. Because to them, like to them, the fact that he gives her the dark saber doesn't matter. The fact that she claims it after he's lost it in battle and he she rescues him doesn't matter. And I think Bo herself has gotten kind of cynical about it. But the people she wants to lead, they have just as much kind of fanaticism. Not fanaticism is kind of the wrong word, but they they have just as much, you know you know, blinders on and total devotion to the letter of the law, to the Darksaber law, as he and the Armorer do to the Helmet Law.
0: Yeah, it's like what we were kind of talking about the last episode. You know, you scoff at this, but you're also doing it equally. Like, and, yeah. um question, does she have to kill him? She doesn't have to kill him. She just has to beat him in a fight. She doesn't have to kill him. She has to beat him in a fight. Yeah. Okay. I feel like. I feel like they could just put on a show.
1: <laughs> you know, you'd think that. And and I think a lot of it goes to where Bo-Katan's character is right now. Because, I mean, she could have just, like, taken the the Darksaber and stabbed him while he was in that cage, yeah. you know? She, she could have fought him a hundred oh, times before oh, then.
0: Can we can we get real for a second? I was – when he was like, uh, I'm still going. And she was like, fine, I'll just take you down to show – like, show you where it is. I was like, oh, she's definitely going down there. Because I thought – I thought to bathe in the waters means you had to take all oh, your little Mando, you know, mm-hmm. armor off. And even when they got down there, she's down there. She has a little smile. It's like, oh, sis wants to see what he looks like. And then he <laughs> didn't do it. And then he. I was like, oh, wait, he's going in all. Ah, oh. she wasted this whole trip for nothing. Right. I was like, I get <laughs> I with their. He was cr- going to take his helmet off. <laughs> I, you know, I get
1: with her whole. Well. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought he might take a lot more than the helmet off. And we're yeah. here for that, too. bo um, as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> i down. <laughs> I, I definitely think that, yeah, it was interesting to me that he he goes to be bathed in the water as well. Like what I would think of as him, that like his skin, no part of it is going to touch. But I think that's part of the point is that mm. in their culture, he is the armor. And so, yes, he is being bathed in it because the armor is being bathed in it.
0: Oh, uh, so not to jump around, but what do you do you think happened to him when he went into the water? Did he just misstep where the ledge was? Or do you think something grabbed him? So did you see the kind of huge monster thing? I that did. we saw? That, yeah, that, that's question two. Let's follow up. <laughs> exactly. So
1: we're not officially told, but all indications are that that is the mythosaur, right. which is a creature we... she just read about. Right, exactly, which we heard (laughs) about being this great creature from legend. Cool. And so I thought it's possible that the mythosaur grabbed him or that just there was some kind of like – although then you kind of wonder why the mythosaur let him go. Mm. Um, I think it's also possible, yeah, that he just kind of like stepped in the wrong place or like – there was a whirlpool, or maybe something the mythosaur was doing was like kind of
0: bringing him down. Because he went down faster than she did with her blasters on, and that was yeah. like what I noticed. I'm like, how did he get down there so quick?
1: <laughs> well, and, and he was in the middle of, of saying the creed when it happened. Like, right. I don't think he in, in any way intended to do that. Okay. Yeah, so it was just this. It was just this kind of crazy attack moment. But I think certainly seeing the mythosaur was – for those of us who've been waiting for that for decades, like it was a huge moment. And clearly I think we're going to get a lot more into the mythology and the lore of Mandalore. Well, um, that
0: that thing wouldn't be trying to like kill them though, right? It's just like cute because it, <laughs> it looked like an elephant.
1: It, you know, I think the name mythosaur is kind of significant. I think part of the point is that by the time – any of the stories are being told you know it's it's like that line from uh, Lord of the Rings you know history became legend legend became myth I think that's exactly what the mythosaur is and so I'm guessing they don't know anything about it Hmm. some stories might be that it's this ferocious killing machine because all Mandalorians are (laughs) the truth might be that actually it was by Mandalorians learning to live in peace with it that they had this thing and the whole warrior culture is kind of problematic Hmm. um which would be huge because Bo Katan is the sister of Satine.
0: Obi Wan Kenobi's not girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah. The one who.
1: <laughs> oh, he, I don't he, want he, to spoil anything, but. Yeah, no. She. Uh, I'm okay spoiling a show that's 15 years old by now.
0: Okay. Uh, it,
1: it's all been. Yeah. She is dead. Um, yeah. And she was fighting against the group that Bo Katan was a part of. And the two of them had this real rivalry. Mm-hmm. But part of it was that Satine wanted to bring peace. To Mandalore, she wanted them to not be these warriors, and part of the idea is that there were a number of groups that splintered away and said, "No, no, no, we have to be warriors." Yeah, and that one of them was the group that were so much into that they were like, "We should never even take our helmets off. Our weapons should be part of our religion." Like yeah. that. That always
0: go. Someone always goes overboard.
1: <laughs> yep. So yeah. So I think where we're going with the mythosaur, I think is just going to be a really interesting story about. What is Mandalore? What does Din believe? What does Bo-Katan believe? How do those both relate to the truth? How is it all going to come together?
0: So it's a big deal that Bo-Katan saw the mythosaur because she thinks it's all hocus pocus.
1: Very much so, yeah. Cool. I think it's entirely possible that one or both of them might not want to even believe that it's a mythosaur. Mm. You know, they might think it's just some weird thing, like maybe the Empire left it here.
0: (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. That looked a lot like our helmets. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're
1: so right. And let's even go back. So what did you think of Bo-Katan at first, like where she was like so angry at Din and then just on a dime, she changes immediately to from yelling at them to be like, oh, Din's in trouble. I've got to go rescue him.
0: I, for a second, I thought like, oh, she's going to see this as a moment to like seize the Darksaber because I don't really know, you know, her as a character too much. But now I feel like I really do because... Yeah. Yeah. She's immediately like, oh my God, where is he? Where? Huh? But also, the babe, you know, Grogu is just so gosh darn cute. <laughs>
1: yeah. How do you yeah, say Yeah, how no do you say no?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's a part of it. But mostly to me, this reminded me a lot of the moment you see in like a MCU movie or a DC movie where the hero realizes they have to be the hero. Yeah. You know, that they can't just go back and hide, that they have to say, someone needs me. I have the ability to do this. I'm going to go do this. Yeah, and it was. I loved it because I like, think Bo-Katan has been this very morally gray character for a while, and seeing her fully be a hero, she we knew she could be, is just amazing.
0: And I love that Din knew that that's the one person he could reach out to. Like I feel like that wasn't just a random choice. Yeah, it would be somebody who's also brave enough to go to Mandalore, which right. turns out to be great, kind of. Yeah. He could breathe. No, I think that's so true. And the fact that he recognizes that she
1: was right. You know, that she's been right all along. that The planet is still livable. that They can still go back. That the curse has been broken. This was another thing I thought was a little bit off about the episode. The way he says it, like, it's so exposition-y. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just like, "Eh, could we have that be a little more subtle and not so on the nose? There were
0: a couple lines that were a little like, ugh.
1: Yeah, There's I can't.
0: There was one specific. I God, I can't remember it. But I was like, "Who wrote this?"
1: <laughs> yeah, it, but but I think the idea of it getting across, and, and and I I kind of wish we had seen it. But I have to believe that at some point, like the droid showed her a rec- recording of like him saying that. You know, because mm-hmm. it was just so. Other, I don't know if the droid was with them, but certainly Grogu could convey that somehow.
0: I guess. Oh, like at least I'm glad we're starting to get him like advancing a little bit in his age. Like, he's starting to, like, kind of make noises and jump around and be able to do stuff. Like, him throwing (sighs) that little creature out was great. I was like, yeah, get him. I love Grogu at full power. He's going to be such a great Sith Lord. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But also him learning from Din is really cute because he, of course, they're like, oh, look, learn map stuff. So obviously we're going to have, you know, map stuff or some kind of thing in the episode. Um, but yeah, it's, it, he's, uh, I'm like, are we going to make him a He's either going to be a Sith or a Mandalorian by the end of this. I'm not yeah. sure where we're going.
1: You know, it's, he could grow up to be Snoke. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, no, no,
0: no, no, no. <coughs>
1: anything's possible. I reject that. I reject
0: it. Yeah, oh, I that- remember it was when they were already down there and they're standing on the thing after we've said like five times that they were on their own. And he was like, well, we're going even lower. Guess we're on our own. I'm like. You've been on your own the last five times that you said you're on your own, man. Yeah. And we're still going down. I get it.
1: We're cut yeah. off from everyone in the Ken's galaxy. Like, it's Ken's like, well, how okay. do they
0: know that the air is better down there? Who's testing the air quality as you go deeper down? I'm like, stop it. It's too... You can't think about those things. Push it out. Plow it yeah, forward. I, I do
1: need to draw a cool connection. And you have seen this before. Okay. Did you recognize the red and white droid who he winds up bringing along with him to test the air?
0: I like kind of recognized it like i want to say like a dory but that's not its name that's a fish Uh, it's painted up better but where is it in the newer movies
1: no so all the way back in a new hope when (laughs) luke and when luke and uncle owen go to buy a droid the first droid they buy is this red and white thing and then it has a motivator unit that blows and because it blows up we instead get r2d2 Oh, that's beautiful. That's the same one down to, and like I looked at it, I was like, is that the same one? And then I looked closer and they showed like burn marks exactly where that motivator blew before. Um, So that was awesome. And yeah,
0: that's special for for just you guys. (laughs) I love stuff like that so much. I just like hearing and learning it.
1: Yeah, I mean, just these little Easter eggs. It's like when I listen to the terror theater stuff and you draw those things in, I'm like how like someone's referencing a movie of like one of the people they love.
0: (laughs) It's just so great
1: because that's the thing. It's like you don't – if you think it's just a random droid, you don't miss anything. But it's just this one little added layer. I'll also say – I won't give it away. But for anyone who has read or for anyone who wants to read the books um, from a certain point of view, which are just a series of little like five to ten page mini short stories – told from the point of view of different characters throughout the the movies one of them is told from the point of view of that droid oh that's uh, so fun and it's fantastic it's is really, the whole really, book good. Beep,
0: boop, boop, beep, boop. <laughs>
1: yeah so so glad he got to have his moment we do an audiobook <laughs> and yeah i agree with you that i think we were ready for grogu to start doing some more and the fact that he's not like he's not verbal yet but he can clearly understand everything that's being said to him and he can convey it enough Like I'm guessing that there was some degree of like – like I kind of wish we had seen Bo-Katan talking to some combination of him and the droid to figure it all out Mm because I'm really interested in how that happened. But the fact that the droid was able to tell the – Grogu was able to tell the droid where to go, communicate with her, bring everyone back. (laughs) (laughs) It was just great.
0: I really – and I really enjoyed the scenes with uh, her and and Grogu just like being like – you know, buck up, Buttercup. We're moving forward. Stop being like, he needs a little bit of that tough yep. love that she's got there. I think she's a great influence on him.
1: And her line, Do you think he's the only Mandalorian? Oh, I love so good.
0: that. Cause he was just like in awe of her. It's like, Yeah. She got pow, pow, pow. Oh, I loved it.
1: And her telling him the stories about the other Jedi that she knew was just cause again, like, he has. So to- she knows ah- Ahsoka? She knew Ahsoka. She Anakin, knew Obi Wan.
0: And I. Okay. Yeah.
1: She worked with all of them. Okay. Cool. In season seven of the Clone Wars, which I think pretty much everyone agrees is far away, far and away the best. One of the major plot lines of that is that Darth Maul has taken over uh, Mandalore. Mm-hmm. He has the dark saber. He's ruling Mandalore. Bo Katan needs help to to knock him out of power and to drive him and and his people out. And so she goes to the Jedi to help. Does
0: he have Satine?
1: Uh, Satine has been – Satine is long dead by this point.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting.
1: And and so Obi-Wan is already kind of so emotionally torn up over this. And originally all of them are going to go help. But then Obi-Wan and Anakin get called away because the the Chancellor – is being kidnapped on Coruscant.
0: Oh, sh- that's the beginning of the movie. Oh, exactly. That's and so the crazy. only one so who go- Order sixty six happens while everybody's like separated.
1: Exactly. And the crazy. only one the only one who can go is Ahsoka. And so it explains why in the world wasn't Ahsoka there when Anakin fell.
0: Oh, well, that's <clears> a good that's a that's very good writing. Somebody put some time in figuring figure it out. A good yeah. reason for his Padawan that they don't mention at all hmm uh to not be there
1: <laughs> yeah and they they really do a good job with it and and the reason why it matters for this is it's great character growth for bo-katan because she had been one of the many mandalorians who thought the jedi were the enemy and so that's the mm. moment where she really partners with the jedi and so when she now talks about the jedi to grogu it's just like oh it's all coming
0: around i mean this is going so off but like so why did the jedi and the mandalorian have problems with each other if they were all cool before what happened in three sentences i'm <laughs> kidding i'm kidding I don't Mandal- know
1: to... <laughs> uh mandalore has never really wanted to fit easily into the republic they've always had a warrior culture from the jedi perspective they were always warlike and the jedi had to put them down from the mandalorian perspective the jedi were these like bullies and enforcers of the republic and so mm. they wanted their freedom and independence um a lot of it is told in the EU book, the extended universe books, which are no longer officially canon or that part of the mm. Disney canon. They are their own canon. So we, we don't have too much of it in Disney canon, but some of that same idea has been has been reasserted. And the last time a Mandalorian was a Jedi, that person made the Darksaber oh. and then broke with the Jedi. Oops. And the reason why Beskar is so important is is not only is it resistant to blasters, but best resist- car is the only material that lightsabers can't cut through.
0: Cool. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so I they're specifically that. trained in how to fight
0: Jedi. Which is okay. awesome. Yeah. It's like if they also weren't so, like, both of them are just so religious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're mm-hmm. just so set with a, I would never be a Jedi. I could never be a Jedi. Yeah. It, I Like, it all sounds cool until you, like, look at it on paper and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> but also with that, like I'm like, oh, I'm more a Mandalorian. I'm like, ooh, wearing a helmet all the time. That doesn't sound like my bag. Yeah, it's, that's it, why I like Bo-Katan so much because I like, I feel like that's me. Yeah, Maybe and the dark saber.
1: I, <laughs> I think part of it is because she she saw what happened to her sister, but she's also seen what happened to Death Watch when they went too far the other direction. Yeah, she and I think that's what makes her character so wonderful. Is it's why she's so jaded, so cynical, because she has seen all of it and none of it's worked. And now the fact that they're giving her hope again, I'm really excited to see where her character goes. It's
0: funny that you say that because I saw that on her face the entire episode. Mm. She was like looking happy. And I'm like, oh, we're not, you know, Wednesday Adams. She's always, you know, all business, no fun. But in this episode, the you know, her acting was so good that I was noticing. I'm like, wait, she's happy about all this stuff that's going on. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I think when we look back at this whole thing in 10 20 years, we're going to talk about Katie Sackhoff as one of the truly great actors in Star Wars because she's played the same character almost she, she, like if if she continues another couple of years, she'll have played it for for 20 years, you know. That's
0: amazing. And it's That's yeah, amazing the character
1: has evolved cuz she started out somewhat happy-go-lucky like part of this kind of terrorist group and well terrorist by some <laughs> definitions she not by a others happy little terrorist <laughs> but, but she, like, she was sometimes accusing her sister about you right. know not being so uh you know letting, having some fun sometimes and yeah her character has just evolved in so many directions and you just you just have to root for her at this point
0: it does make me nervous though the whole dark saber of it all you know the elephant in the room because like what's gonna happen with that
1: right yeah we don't know oh no we don't know, so uh, any other last things about this episode you wanted to comment on?
0: Ah, oh, I think we, I think we covered it. Um, I don't know what the heck that robot living creature thing was, but I love that they did like a horror movie thing on it. You know, you gotta, you have to make sure they're dead.
1: <laughs> yep, you gotta kill the head.
0: Gotta kill the head.
1: Yeah, I love that. The other thing I just wanted to bring up is Peli Moto, who's the the mechanic played by Amy Sedaris. We've seen her a bunch by now. I
0: love her. Her wig is goddamn awful. Ugh. Her what? Her wig is terrible. It's so distracting. I'm like, somebody give her a little bit of a better wig,
1: because I love her. (laughs) It would be better. I love her. And just the fact that she's running this kind of brilliant scam with the Jawas, that you know, the Jawas steal all (laughs) the parts, then she's like, sorry, it's going to be super expensive to replace them. Except the Jawas have all the parts. She replaces them. She paints them different colors. She tells them to go out and rob others. Like, it, it, it's just, you gotta love it. You hustler. Know? I'm a hustler, baby. Having fun. And did you catch what it was they were talking about? The holiday that was coming up? Boonta Eve?
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> so me. the race that Anakin wins that earns him so much attention, the pod race, is the Boonta Eve classic.
0: Oh, so it's like their Formula 51.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's the Indy 500. Cool.
0: That's why there are all those fireworks? Yep. Cool. <clears throat> exactly. Cool, so, cool, cool. Yeah, just a lot full- of fireworks on that town. I yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you
1: know, There's nothing to burn. It's all super, you know, deserty, so.
0: <laughs> it's so true.
1: Exactly. All right. Uh. Well, uh, I want Ashley to give a chance to talk about all the great things she's doing, but I want to make a quick announcement first, which is that this podcast was born out of an amazing group of podcasts called the Stranded Panda Podcast Network, Um. Even before I started doing this one, I started doing the, the superhero ethics because I was listening to these two guys named Matt and Jeff talk about the MCU, uh, the MCU cast. I started writing in my crazy ideas to them. They read them out. They listened to me. They they had me on. It really inspired me to create a podcast. So And, and they are the ones who started the po- uh, Stranded Panda Podcast Network that now uh, the MCU cast is part of, Star Trek uh, cast is part of. Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater, a lot of great podcasts, and uh, my podcasts have been a part of it up till today. Uh, today, I'm announcing that we are taking the podcasts over to the True Story FM Podcast Network. Uh, they're the people who do the MCU, who do the Marvel Movie Minute podcast, among a lot of other great others. Um, and It's kind of a bittersweet day for me. It is. I love Stranded Panda so much. Stranded Panda is doing amazing things. It continues to do amazing things. It's just not quite where my podcasts are going, and so that's why I think True Story is going to be a little bit of a better fit, but uh, I know Matt is going to continue to come on some of my podcasts. Ashley, who's now another one of the co-hosts of the MCU podcast, uh, is, is staying on here, for at least through this season. And, um, you know, it just – I have all the love in the world for the Stranded Panda Podcast Network. I definitely want to encourage people, if you're not already, go to strandedpanda.com. Pretty much any fandom that you're interested in, they're probably doing a podcast on uh, the new Shazam movie is coming out in just a couple days. They're doing a podcast on that on bingers assemble. Uh, I've had a great fun on Panda vision talking about shows like the boys and umbrella Academy. I know that Ashley is right now doing a whole series on all of the Oscar movies you could imagine to watch. <laughs> They're all up there. So please check that all out. In terms of listening to this podcast, everything should stay the same. If you have trouble getting any of the upcoming episodes, uh, please let me know, but you shouldn't, uh, we're putting a pause on Patreon for the moment because it is going to be – we're shifting to kind of a membership system over there. If you're a patron already, don't worry. You're going to keep all the same great benefits you have. You're not going to pay a dollar more. If you're thinking about becoming a patron, I'd say just hold off on a couple weeks till we get all the membership stuff lined up. Um, but so please do all of that. Uh, and and mostly, though, please, again, check out all the great things that are happening on Stranded Panda. And I will ask one of its uh, chief ambassadors, Ashley, tell us what you're doing these days. <laughs>
0: uh Yeah, I mean, I just want to say, like, it's great that, you know, we are able to collaborate and do different things on different streams and bring different networks over to different, you know, listeners. And I think it's going to be great uh for you. And we're really I'm you know, I'm really excited to see all the different things that you might do with this network. And it's going to be really great. Yeah. Um. And we're all going to still collab and it's going to be fun. It'll be nice. We have crossovers. Like It's just like Buffy and Angel. Yeah. It's I not so. over. It's, yeah. You know, it's just going to be better because now there's more. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I'm on Bingers Assembled doing the Oscar stuff, Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater. We are going hard for the screen movies because the premiere... Of Scream 6 is this weekend, uh, whenever this comes out, or uh, the 11th, and we just finished our episode on the original Scream movie, which is a long one, so Mm -hmm. buckle up, everybody, (laughs) but there was a lot to talk about, and, you know, you can always find us at the MCU cast, we're covering all things Marvel, all the most recent news, feedbacks, everything that you guys have to say, so, yep, I'm around.
1: Awesome, awesome, and we're going to have a little bit more with Ashley in just a second, because for those uh, patrons... Uh you'll get in the bonus content. We're actually gonna ask Ashley for some Oscar predictions uh, now with all the things that she's seen. Uh but I just want to say uh if you the most the most important reason why I do this podcast uh is because I love feedback. I want to have these conversations with you all. I love having them with Ashley, I love having them with Paul and with Erin and all the other great with Ricky and Sarah and all the other great co-hosts I've had. <clears throat> but I love having them with you as well. So Please write in. Let us know your thoughts. What do you think of this episode? What do you think of Bo-Katan and where her journey is going? is that the Mythosaur? What was it like watching it for you? You can find us on email, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all those you can find in the show notes, or we're going to theethicalpanda.com. So uh, stick around. <laughs> write
0: in to tell me anything that you think I need to know? I yes, want to know. Yes, exactly. I, I don't know. How you tell me. <laughs> how,
1: you know, it, it, it just is great opportunity. Let uh, me, and let and me as learn. well, also, if you're someone else who hasn't watched, like, I want this pod, I I think I there's a lot of other great Star Star Wars podcasts out there. I'm not claiming that I'm the only good one by any means, but I do know, and I've heard complaints about this, that there's some where they're just acting like if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, like how can you call yourself a Star Wars fan? What are you doing? And I can, me, you know, <laughs> to me, if Mandalorian is literally the only Star Wars thing you've ever watched, I still want you listening, and I want I want you to be, feel welcome here. So let me know what this is like for you, whatever, however much of the Clone Wars you have or haven't seen. All that's in the show notes. And so I'm having myself, Ashley. Thank you so much for listening. We have spoken.
0: Bye. You have to go back and find that because when you accidentally said Star Trek instead of Star Wars, I literally did a spit take.
1: <laughs> that's so I good.
0: Spit and I had to, and I saw it, it went boop, and I had to make sure I was... I. <laughs> The, the the context
1: there, because yes, I am still recording, and yes, this will be in the episode, is that Matt and I, Matt, Carol, and I have this constant, like, good-natured, like, which is better, Star Trek or Star Wars? I love both. He loves both. But we have our favorites, and we have a little rivalry, and, and I constantly mix those two up. And so I would be in the middle of talking to him about why Star Wars is so much better, and I would say Star Trek instead, and he'd be like, ah,
0: gotcha. gotcha. so
1: Yeah. Anyway. I think
0: that's why he wears the Star Wars shirt that says Star Trek at the bottom. It's like oh. Oh, all this uh, because
1: yep. of you. <laughs> yep. So I love it. We have spoken. Engage.
0: <laughs> Bye. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.